Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, dear family, beloved ones. How are you? I pray that you are well. And you say, Mother, how could we be well? Look at what's going on in the world and in the church. I know, I know, I know. But our Lord is on the throne. He never leaves the throne. It Does he cause evil? No. But does he permit it? He does. Um, and in fact, if he didn't permit evil, all of us would be wiped out in a second. There's none of us without sin. And sin is simply lawlessness and turning from God. But we are have gotten so bad. Some of you may remember the parable of the lily that I uh, have spoken about, I think, more than once. And it's um, the parable of a lily. Uh, it's a certain type of lily, actually, that when you put it in water, it doubles in size each day. So if you... Just picture the United States as as a, a big pool or an ocean, the whole United States. And you put the lily in one end of it, and the lily is just small. But when it doubles in size, not by addition, but exponentially, that is, second day it'll be twice as big, the third day four times, the fourth day eight times, the fifth day 16, 32, 64, and so forth. And the question is this. If the whole United States were one pool of water and it took the lily 29 days, doubling in size each day to cover half of the globe, half of the United States rather, in how many more days would it cover the entire United States? Now, some of you are saying, well, it took 29 to cover half, it'll take 29 to cover the other half. No, 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 no because it doubles its size each day. So if it covers half the states in one day, the next day it'll cover the entire United States. That's what we're facing. And I I said, oh, maybe a couple of months back, I think we're on day 28 in, in the evil that's going on in this country. It's just amazing. Happening overnight. And it's all in an attempt to uh, shut God out to destroy the population, to destroy everything God has meant, uh, made, created, designed for heaven, values, morals, everything from critical race theory, which I said yesterday is utterly mindless, and it, um, uh, it it's only, uh, what can I even, there's so many definitions of it, but the fact is, It's a further attempt by the devil to keep people busy with a cause, even though a ridiculous cause based on nothing, um, that will keep them from knowing who they are in God. There's no critical race theory. God has created a race, one race of human beings. That's it. And um, our worth is not based on our color. Uh, culture, anything else, it's based on the fact that we are made in the image and likeness of God. It's an insane situation, but 
uh, insanity is enveloping the country. Um, guns and war and Black Lives Matter and all of that. It's, it's all uh, demonic, all of it, has nothing to do with God. And now we have the COVID uh, vaccine, which is not a vaccine and destroying thousands upon thousands of people, keeping us all in fear. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I've mentioned before that I have a subscription to LifeSite News. I'm going to read you um, today's headlines. That's it. I got this email 10 hours ago. Uh, today's head well today is july 9th 10 hours ago was still july 8th <clears throat> their their um, emails normally come out at night and cover everything that's going on i'm just going to read you the headlines breaking number one bishop suspends father altman's faculties and removes him as pastor i think many of us have grown to know uh, who Father Altman is. He became famous by first saying uh, with the elections that you cannot be Catholic and Democrat. And um, he just speaks the truth. He's utterly outspoken, and uh, but he speaks the truth. Not everybody might appreciate the way he speaks the truth, um, but he speaks the truth. Um, and the, uh, his bishop, uh, Bishop Callahan, at first asked him to resign, and he now sent him a letter yesterday telling him to leave the parish and suspending his faculties, uh, which means he cannot celebrate Mass in public or hear confessions or anything else. That's first headline. Second headline, eminent doctor says that COVID, the COVID vaccine is bioterrorism, by injection and has likely caused at least 50,000 deaths in the United States. It's, it's an article that you all need to read. COVID vaccine is bioterrorism. I haven't thought of that word myself, but I've said it's simply, it's not a vaccine, it's a pathogen. It's killing people. It's destroying their bodies. If the first injection doesn't get them, the second does. It is an attempt at this new world order to control the population, keep them in fear, and kill them, reduce the population. It's, it's, it's demonic. The next headline, uh, Archbishop Vigano rebukes pro-LGBT cardinals Supich, Gregory, and Tobin and says they are unworthy to celebrate Mass. The Florida legislator says, a Florida legislator says that government officials knocking on doors, as President Biden, unelected President Biden, has said that he's going to send out lower level government officials to every town, to every city, and to knock on every door to help us get the vaccine. I don't know how they're planning to do that. But the Florida legislator said government officials knocking on doors urging vaccination should be treated as trespassers and arrested. <clears throat> it's just an evil plot, beloved. Um, next headline. This is one day's news. Seminarian ousted after reporting his imposed spiritual director's remarks about homosexuality. Speak the truth about homosexuality. Uh, uh, about which uh, Apostle Paul wrote, no one, no homosexual murder or slander or anyone else like so will enter heaven. <clears throat> um, and then there's the case of a uh, hurdling champion who had an abortion and killed her Olympic dream in the process. Here is something to um, 
another article that faith in soci a, a, a New York coronavirus doctor says faith in sociopaths like Fauci is a very foolish choice. Next, Charlie Kirk announces campaign against forced COVID vaccines for college students. Catholic colleges, dear ones, Catholic colleges mandating that their students have to have had the vaccine in order to come back to school. Catholic colleges, they need the the name Catholic removed. They're no longer Catholic if they mandate that. Number one, they're mandating immorality if those vaccines are made by or tested with um, abortion fetal parts uh, from aborted babies. And secondly, no one can force anything. This is supposed to be America. Um, It's demonic. Here is the next uh, title, Biden's plan to deploy federal teams in door-to-door COVID vaccine campaign, and it sparks backlash. Well, blessed be God. Here's an Associated Press reporter confronts by the Biden administration on the repeals of Trump policies. Um, Let's see. I'm skipping some headlines here. We are facing something not normal. This was a quote from a doctor. Healthy teens' death after AstraZeneca shot astounds the surgeon. Next, Hungary rebukes the EU, the European Union, demand to change antiphilia law. Cardinal Seurat on the crisis of the priesthood. Today we no longer speak of souls. Um, the Austrian school attends sends 163 students to receive the Pfizer jab in error. What does that mean? I haven't read the article yet. In error. Canadian COVID-19 field hospital that did not treat a single patient to be shut down. Field hospitals all over the place, and they were totally empty. Hungary finds distributor for books promoting homosexuality for kids. As far as I know, Hungary is the most moral uh, country in the world right now. Here is Canadian federal judge rules government unfairly targeted two Christian organizations for opposing same-sex marriage. Canadian lawyer calls for churches, listen to this one, Canadian lawyer calls for churches to burn and says she will help defend anyone charged with arson. Just burn them all down, she says. The Coalition for Canceled Priests is launched now to combat abuse of power by errant bishops. And then a teen who had a heart attack after COVID vaccine tells RFK Jr., I thought it was safe. Um, Oh, my. Um, And then there's a letter to parents planning to vaccinate their children for COVID. Uh, We're going to read two of these crucial articles when we come back, beloved. I tell you, it's, it's just, you know, one firework at a time, and then you set off the whole thing. And that's what's happening now. A whole bunch of attacks, all for one aim that the human race and God's plan of procreation and populating heaven will be destroyed. We'll be right back. Love it.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Podcasts of our network-produced shows are free for your listening pleasure at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Be uplifted in your faith and inspired to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on our iCatholic Radio mobile app. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have just gone down <clears throat> an incredible list of headlines from the most recent LifeSite News email. Um, and I said before, God's, you know, every once in a while, Satan would um, show this uh, uh, animosity against God's plan, or, you know, he's done very well in... in um, in establishing uh, the legitimacy of murder in, in, women, in mother's wombs, uh, many, many, many things. But the corruption is not fast enough for him. And at the moment, uh, because we are in the end times, dear ones, now how, how, what part of the end times, we can speculate that. But there's no question that the end times actually began with our Lord on the cross. And this is, we're on this side of the cross, we're in the end times, but I think we're in the end of the end times. And again, whether it'll be another thousand years or another hundred years or two weeks, I don't know that. But I think the enemy does, and he's speeding up the plan to destroy what he couldn't destroy from the garden. Destroy the human race by plunging them into sin, but God immediately brought a remedy, immediately uh, announced that the seed of the woman would crush the head 
of the devil. And so she did at the cross, but he's not fully stopped yet. Um, God has given him some time and he's doing everything he can, just like he did with Job, to destroy God's creation and God's people. But this COVID has um, is just had a remarkable um, effect, and I should say success, in putting the human race into a fear, a state of fear. Um, that's all they need to do is have us fear. So many people are so grieved because their spouses, their parents, their children will not accept them not taking the vaccine. And they, nobody should take that vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It'll kill you or change your body, or it's just part of a uh, warfare to destroy the human race and control them. Um, this is one article by a doctor, and it says an eminent doctor, and his name is uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. And the title is, COVID vaccine is bioterrorism. That's what he says, the doctor. COVID vaccine is bioterrorism by injection and has likely caused at least 50,000 deaths in the United States. He says, I believe that we're under the application of a form of bioterrorism that's worldwide and that appears to have been many years in the planning. It didn't just happen. It was developed. It was planned, beloved. And it is terrorism, not by rifles, not by bombs, but by injections. The plan is to have every soul in the world injected, injected, which means destroyed. The article says this, in a candid interview with German international trial attorney Reiner Fulmich, eminent physician Dr. Peter McCullough reflected upon what he called propagandized bioterrorism by injection, expressing concern that the current experimental COVID-19 vaccines may sterilize the young, foster cancer, and could have likely caused 50,000 to currently 70,000 deaths already in the United States. During the explosive June 11th interview, Dr. McCullough, an internist and cardiologist, along with being a professor of medicine and editor of two major medical journals, began his comments asserting, quote, I believe that we are under the application of a form of bioterrorism that is worldwide and that appears to have been many years in the planning. Dr. McCullough believes that this bioterrorism has come in two stages, including phase one, which consisted of a respiratory virus that spread across the world and affected relatively relatively few people, about 1% of many populations, but it generated great fear. He's talking about COVID. A respiratory virus that spread across the world and affected relatively few people, about 1% of many populations, but it generated great fear. This fear enabled multiple levels of government mitigation policies, including shutdowns, mask mandates, and mass testing, uh, testing on a mass scale, 
every single thing that was done in the public health response to the pandemic made it worse, he said. In response, McCullough and a group of colleagues began to seek, discover, and publish treatments for the virus in the medical journals he edited and began to meet resistance at all levels. Through their findings demonstrated, though their findings demonstrated about an 85% reduction in hospitalizations and deaths. Don't give us this cure. It's, it's, there is no cure. We were sold on that. Despite his eminent qualifications, YouTube pulled down a presentation he gave on their platform, while other outlets actively suppressed virtually all information regarding the early treatment of patients. So, um, Dr. McCullough said, uh, what we had discovered was that the suppression of early treatment was tightly linked to the development of a vaccine. And the entire program of bioterrorism, phase one, was really all about keeping the population in fear and in isolation and preparing them to accept the vaccine, which appears to be phase two of a bioterrorism operation. While he emphasizes, quote, we know this is phase two of a bioterrorism operation, um, end quote, though, quote, we don't know who's behind it, quote, it is clear that they want a needle in every arm to inject messenger RNA or um, adenoviral DNA into every human being. In order to combat this agenda, Dr. McCullough said, our goal is to get a large group of people that they cannot vaccinate. Such groups should should include the high percentages of individuals who have already recovered from COVID-19, which is in Texas, for example, at least 80%, and thus enjoy natural immunity, or are merely suspected COVID recovered. Others would include children for whom COVID-19 is an irrelevant risk, though the experimental vaccine remains a significant threat, along with pregnant women and more. We want a big block of people, he explained. If we can break the needle to every arm, then I think its real purpose will be exposed. With regards to ending experimental COVID-19 vaccination campaigns against children, he explained, today we have 800 cases of young people developing myocarditis myocarditis, or inflammation of the heart. And because I am a cardiologist, he says, I have a clinical authority position here, and I'm going to opine that because there is no clinical benefit in young people whatsoever to get the vaccine, that even one case is too many. He goes on to say, because the Centers of Disease Control and other agencies have not exercised their due diligence to reduce the risk of these injections, McCullough charges them with malfeasance. He says, with this program, there's no critical event committee. There's no data safely monitoring board. There's no um, human ethics committee. Those structures are mandatory for all large clinical investigations. And so the word that's really used for what's going on is malfeasance. 
That's wrongdoing by those in a position of authority. And without any safety measures in place, you can see what's going on. He says this is, this is the COVID-19 vaccine. This is the largest application of a biological product with the greatest amount of morbidity and mortality in the history of our country. I don't know. Um, I, I want to read you something else, so I'm going to stop. Uh, he says the whole vaccine enterprise is contrived, and it may cause cancer and infertility. It's it's just awful. It's man-made, beloved. Um, universities guilty of harassment or intimidation. Um, uh, there's so much this speaks about. Just go to LifeSite News. But I want to get into. Um, before our our next break, um, just a little bit of another article, which is a letter to parents planning to vaccinate their children for COVID. Many schools now are insisting that the children be vaccinated to return to schools. I would plead with you, I would beg you, do not let them return. Do not give them the vaccine. Um... Here's a letter from a parent. Um, She says, I noticed your post the other day, the one about making sure your child wears a mask, wears a mask until they can be vaccinated this fall when the Pfizer COVID vaccine will be awarded emergency authorization for use in kids under 12. You know my stance on this specific issue. And of course, I know yours. But I hope this note finds you open and willing to receive some information before you finalize that monumental decision for your child. Hold a minute. This letter was originally published on the Facebook page, Hear This Well. Hear This Well. Um, It was deleted by Facebook republished under a pen name and so forth and so forth. Nobody wants truth out there. Um, but let me say, um, this mainstream reported much on the children and young adults harmed by these vaccines. So I understand that their stories may not have been made it have may not have made it onto your radar. I'd like to tell you about a couple of them and she begins. The first is a 12-year-old girl named Maddie DeGaray. Maddie's parents allowed her and her two brothers to enroll in the Pfizer trial where 1,100 kids aged 12 to 15 received the real Pfizer COVID vaccine. Oh, my goodness. This is... uh, We need the whole hour for this one. Um... Okay, beloved, uh, we will go to our break. And um, I'm going to finish this one article when we come back because it's horrifying. And we will take your calls, your emails, and your text. Our toll-free number to call in is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. If you hear that machine outside my window, um, some good uh, hearted uh, gentleman is mowing our lawn, and um, I didn't con- know that he would come at this time, so we have to just try to listen a little harder, or I'll speak a little louder. Um, I'm going to take up just two minutes of our half hour together here now, um, remaining half hour, to complete the article um, on LifeSite News titled, A Letter to Parents Planning to Vaccinate Their Children for COVID. This is so crucial. This Dr. McCullough calls it bioterrorism. I believe it 100%. You don't have to be a medical doctor or a scientist to know what's going on. It is, it is uh, one of Satan's attempts to utterly destroy the human race, to utterly destroy God's plan. Um, and if not to destroy them, well, to destroy them, either by killing them or controlling them in the one world government or making them zombies, whatever it is. And so this letter was written by a mom um, who wanted to give just two examples or a couple examples, maybe three, I don't know how many she's given, 
of um, uh, what has happened to children who received the vaccine. Um, and she says mainstream media have not reported much on the children and young adults harmed by these vaccines. So I understand that their stories may not have made it onto your radar, but she wants to tell us about a couple of them. The first is a 12-year-old girl named Maddie de Garay. Maddie's parents allowed her and her two brothers to enroll in the Pfizer trial where 1,100 kids aged 12 to 15 received the real Pfizer COVID vaccine. One brother received a saline placebo. The other received the real vaccine and quickly became infected with a severe case of COVID serious enough to cause him to miss many weeks of school. But Maddie's experience was different. Her body lost the ability to digest food, and she also lost the ability to walk. While this happened back um, on January 20th of this year, 2021, she still uses a wheelchair and still has a feeding tube today. Her medical team declared her her new health status to be a mental issue and suggested she be committed to a psychiatric hospital. Can you imagine? Pfizer did not stop their trial and has not publicized this child's injuries. You can watch Maddie's mother and engineer testify at a U.S. senator's press conference, and that's right on, on the website. The next child is Jacob Clinic. Jacob was 13 years old, and when he received the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine on June 13th, that's just last month, 2021, he died three days later of an enlarged heart and myocarditis, which is inflammation of the inner heart wall. The CDC says it is investigating Jacob's death. You can read about Jacob, and they have a link. Then there is Cameron Thomas. She was 17 on March 19th of this year when she took the Pfizer vaccine. She died 11 days later, having collapsed at home and was discovered by her family. And then there's a link to her story. Um, While there are numerous 17 to 20-year-old young men in the media who have nearly died of heart inflammation or blood clots in the brain after taking the vaccines. I'll give you the story. This will be the last one I read, beloved. I'll give you the story of Simone Scott as my last example. Simone was a 19-year-old college student at Northwestern University when she took the Moderna vaccine on May 1st of this year. While her school was about to mandate the vaccines, she was eager to get ahead of it and take it on her own. Eight days later, her heart began to fail, setting off a grueling spiral of deteriorating health that resulted in a heart transplant. She died on May 16th. The best reporting on Simone's passing was written by former New York Times writer Alex Berenson. And there's a link to that. Um, report. Hundreds and hundreds of cases, beloved. Hundreds of cases. Uh, Reports from doctors who are shocked at what's going on. Shocked at what they find when they open up parents. What they find with the child's brain. Um, 
charts, this vaccine is indeed bioterrorism. And if you take it, beloved, uh, you say, well, I'm taking it because my family wants me to. Well, you might be dead uh, within a a day or weeks, and uh, that's not going to help your family either. Don't give up your principles in order to see your grandchildren or for your spouse. Don't give those things up. Stay firm. And what makes sense? Stay firm, beloved. Okay. You can read as much as I can, but if you ever got online with LifeSite News, do it now uh, and read their articles. Just utterly astounding. And you'll read about Father James Altman again, who was um, uh, just yesterday received a, a letter by FedEx from his bishop um, uh, suspending his faculties. Unbelievable. Um, so go ahead, toll free, call in with anything on your heart, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We have an email um, from Joanne who says, "Can you explain the financial aspects of the priesthood, or even religious life in general?" I've always been curious as to how priests meet daily financial needs and buy things such as cars, etc. Obviously, a priest should not be concerned with the financial aspect in the first place if he truly devotes his life to God. But for some on the outside looking in, this is an intriguing subject. Thanks, Mother, and God bless. It's not a mystery, Joanne. Diocesan priests get... um, I don't know if you call it a salary or a stipend or an allowance, but they get a paycheck, so to speak. They get a regular source of income from the diocese. They don't um, have to raise money on their own or anything like that. They are supported by the diocese. Religious priests are supported by their religious order. So if they are like the FSSP, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter is a religious order, and all the priests in that order are supported by their religious community. Um, and so uh, the same thing with religious, with us. We are supported by our religion. Nobody gets a salary, but we live only on donations. That's not always true. Many religious orders, they teach in schools, they do other works. some are doctors, lawyers, and they receive a salary. Um, no matter what we do here, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, we will never charge anybody or receive a salary. Even if we teach in schools, it won't make a difference. If people wish to donate to us or, or give us anything in exchange, we're very, very happy for that because it's God's work. But we don't charge anything. Um, and God has met our every need. Um what does from Chris an email? What does the Bible say about alcohol use? Um, it uh, does not forbid alcohol use. In fact, um, Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. Um, the the thing uh, there's nothing wrong with it. What is wrong always um, is uh, going to excess. It's Ephesians chapter five is what I have in mind. Let me just um, get the verse to not be drunk with dissipation. Let me just see. Okay. Um, Hang on. I'm just looking up this verse. 
Ephesians chapter 5. All right. Buying up the time. Um, oh, wow. Maybe I'm... Maybe I remember this wrong. Let me just see for a minute. Um, so the issue is not, the issue is drunkenness. Um, the issue is drinking to dissipation. Um, let me get that up. Okay, so it's uh, actually Galatians chapter 5. Um, uh, drunkenness, carousing, things like this. Um, um, they will not, people who are, who live that lifestyle will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, hmm. Ephesians 5, this is the verse I was looking at. Hold on now. It, it's down to chapter, uh, verses 17 and 18. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with alcohol, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. So wine is, is good. Um, other liquor is okay if you don't get drunk. If you drink everything in moderation and... Um, and you don't wind up being foolish and nothing controls you. See, it's not uh, thinking about money. It's not money that's a problem. It's the love of money. It's not alcohol that's the problem. It's the love of alcohol to the point that you lose control of your own faculties, your sight, your mind, all of that. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I recently found your show and love your straightforward style of preaching the truth. God bless you for your good work. Well, thank you so much, dear one. My straightforward style of preaching the tr- truth comes from being a New York Jew. <laughs> Just straight. I, you know, I've looked for truth all my life. I didn't find it until I was much older, but I looked for truth all my life. I have no time or patience for anything that's not truth. Um, And this person says, I'm someone who struggles with self-consciousness. I've been overweight for most of my life, and this is something that often hinders me in social situations. I'm afraid to socialize because I'm so insecure, and it feels like the whole room is staring at me. Now, before I go on to the rest of your email, I don't know why you are overweight like that and have been overweight for so long, especially since it bothers you. I I don't know, you didn't, you haven't given me um, a a reason for this. Um, Some people are just, um, you know, they, they eat less than others and they are overweight, it's their makeup. But there are ways to help that. There's a, there are ways to not diet, but eat the right way and uh, eat the right combination of foods and you will lose weight. Um, I had a woman come in. She's not here anymore, but she weighed 350 pounds. She's five foot nine and weighed 350 pounds when she entered. Special situation. And in one year being with us, I told her, I don't, I don't want anybody to diet. They don't have to worry about anything. 
just eat the way we eat, just eat the way we eat. And she did. And in a year, she lost 160 pounds, not trying, not dieting, just eating right. And so um, that's that's a thought. Um, and then um, uh, I think what we'll do, beloved, is we'll continue with this email when we come back from the break. It'll be our last segment. So again, you're most welcome to call in. Our lines are open, uh, toll free, one 511 or email at mother at back. segment about small Catholic innovations that made a huge impact from the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation. Back when water was difficult to purify, beer was actually the standard drink because the fermentation process killed harmful bacteria. But it wasn't all that tasty and didn't last very long. This is where Catholics upped the ante with two major contributions. The first came from monasteries, where monks needed heartier beers to get them through long periods of fasting. So they experimented with flavorings and techniques to make it more robust. The second contribution came from St. Hildegard von Bingen. She's the first person credited with using hops in beer to preserve it. And it didn't hurt that hops added great flavors, too. So you can thank Catholic Innovation for beer. Learn more about what OSV Institute is doing to inspire and encourage Catholic innovation at osvinstitute.com. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and you are most welcome to call in with anything on your heart. We have a little more than 10 minutes, and toll-free, the number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at As we went to our last break, I was right in the middle of an email from a gentleman who's writing in anonymously, and I will... Um, 
uh, reread what I've already read and and finish the email. Uh, He says, I'm someone who struggles with self-consciousness. I've been overweight for most of my life, and this is something that often hinders me in social settings. I'm afraid to socialize because I'm so insecure, and it feels like the whole room is staring at me. As you can imagine, this makes it difficult to search for a prospective future spouse. I really want to fulfill what I feel is my calling to become a husband and a father, but I found it impossible thus far to muster up the confidence it takes to approach the type of young Catholic woman that I would be interested in pursuing. I'm hoping you might have some advice as to how I can clear that mental barrier and become more confident in myself and my appearance. I'm already taking steps to lose weight, which will surely help with my physical appearance, but I guess I'm more so looking for peace of mind and confidence as the mental effects of this issue are troubling me far more than the physical effects. I fully understand you, and um, you say that you are more troubled with the, that you can clear the mental barrier uh, and become more confident in myself and my appearance. You know, I don't know if this is the case with you, but when I am convicted about something, if I am doing something in my life that I'm not feeling great about or, I, or I'm neglecting to do something in my life that I should do and I feel guilty and it limits me, I, I don't look to clear my conscience. My conscience is working very well. I have to follow my conscience. That's the point. So I don't think you have a mental barrier at all, my dear brother. I think your, the Holy Spirit in you and your mentality, your intellect, your mind is telling you exactly what you need to do to find a spouse. And it won't let you go this time until you do what needs to be done. I think you're very healthy. You're looking to meet a young Catholic woman. And I don't know how much overweight you are. It's probably more than 20 pounds because it's, it's a huge problem for you. So I would say that there's nothing wrong with your thinking. Uh, if you're very overweight, unless you're looking for a, a woman who's very overweight um, to comfort each other, um, a man who's overweight, it's not just a matter of physical appearance, but it gives a message of a certain lack of self-control, a lack of self-esteem, um, very difficult. And a woman is looking for a man to be the spiritual head of the family. And if you lack self-control in food, uh, then what other of your passions may you not have control over? That could be a woman's thinking. So I would say that there's nothing wrong with you. Everything is functioning well. You've taken steps to lose weight. Make sure that you're doing something that's a program where you're, or a way of eating where, that you have accountability and you know that you're continuing to lose weight and make sure you have a plan of exercise with it um, so you get strong and, and the weight you know, comes off uh, in, a, in, in a good way. So that's what I would suggest to you, not to feel better about yourself, to do what the prompting of your spirit is telling you to do. I don't care if it takes a year. Do it and be successful 
and exercise and be responsible in other areas of your life. And then you can go to our Blessed Mother and say, Dear Mother, this is going to take me a year to get down to the right weight size. I ask you to prepare me to be a man of God and a wonderful husband and father. And while I'm doing this, I ask you to prepare the woman that, oh, that you might have for me to marry as well. That's what I would do, dear one. And then you can feel good about yourself because you're ending your problem. Even though it's a slow go, you're ending it. You're taking steps to end it. You're not going to feel good about yourself in any other way. If you felt good about yourself being quite overweight, um, there would be something wrong with that. You'd be in denial. You'd be shutting reality out. So I think you're healthy. Just go on a program. Don't give up. And don't worry if it takes a year. You've been... uh, taking years for, you know, being overweight. Don't worry if it takes time, but get on a good, healthy program. We have a text from Danielle who says, Hi, Mother, in your opinion, to what extent is it okay for a woman to pursue a relationship with a man rather than the other way around? It seems that in the majority of cases, the man is the one who makes the first effort, initiates the conversation in a public setting, etc., while the woman takes on the role of a prize of sorts. I don't know if she thinks the man is a prize or he thinks she's a prize. And she says, I'm curious. Let's say a woman reverses those roles and pursues a man whom she feels would be a good husband and father. She approaches him in public and initiates a conversation and ultimately inquires about his interest in forming a relationship. This is something that would come across as immodest. Now, is this something that would come across as immodest or even venture outside of a woman's motherly calling? Does this portray a sense of desperation on the woman's side? Um, I would say a little of each. Um, It is normal and customary for a man to approach a woman. That is good. But if you see a man that you're interested in pursuing a relationship, um, there's nothing wrong with your starting a conversation with him at church and say, hi, you know, I've, you know, I've, are you new to the church, whatever it may be, just to start a conversation and, and see how your conversation goes. Um, my own dear nephew um, um, was in adoration one day and he met a woman who they just went out to the parking lot together and had just started a conversation because they were both there and I think they talked for five hours I forget what he told me but they're married now with three children so there's nothing wrong with a woman initiating a conversation with a man not about dating or anything just be interested in him what do you think of this and are you uh, you know thank God for a new pastor or uh, or um, a feast day something that is in the news you know whatever the conversation is um, make it appropriate and see how it goes. And then you can approach him, you know, another couple of times. I wouldn't initiate a relationship. Uh, if you really want to do that and he's not catching on or he's too shy, um, try to maybe um, have a gathering at your home with other people. Never invite a man into your home if you're a single woman, no matter what. Never invite him into your home prior to being married, not even if you're engaged. Don't ever do that. It's improper. Um, 
and don't go into his home. You can go out for a meal. You can get a picnic. You can do all those things. But don't invite him into your home. But you can with a group of people. But don't let him be the last one to leave. Make sure you and a man are not alone in your own house. Not because you're not trustworthy, but at the very least, it'll give scandal to others and maybe a wrong message to the man. So where you have, if you're going to a theater or out to lunch with a group of people, you could say to him, you know, there's several of us going to lunch today or doing whatever. Um, would you like to join us? That's it. And don't, don't be too obvious. Just join us. You don't have to sit next to him. All of that. If after several times he doesn't get the hint, um, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Um, and... Um, begin to talk about your values of marriage and children and all of that and and see if he could catch on but um, it's better if it's possible um, for you not to uh, initiate that um, in terms of a relationship we'll speak with you on Monday God bless you